Tuesday, August 18th. Welcome to Market Fuller. I'm Chris Hill. With me today, the one and only Jason Moser. Good to see you, sir. Happy Tuesday. Happy Tuesday, indeed. We are going to look at automotive and home improvement, and we're going to do it through the lens of earnings, but we are going to start with general retail, and that means Walmart. And let me start with this, Jason. Early in the pandemic, the first show that I binge-watched with my family was Parks and Recreation. Oh, yeah. uh, my, my favorite character on the show is Ron Swanson. And in the universe <laughs> of Parks and Rec, Ron Swanson's favorite retail location is a store called Food and Stuff. <laughs> and, as, and as he says on the show, it's where I buy all of my food and most of my stuff. <laughs> and I say all that because if Walmart's first quarter report was about food... And it was. This second quarter report that we got this morning seemed to be about stuff. Walmart sold a lot of stuff. So much stuff that their e-commerce sales nearly doubled. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I stand by, um, you know, what I, the, the scenario I, I kicked you guys earlier in the, in, in the Slack channel, right? I mean, this is for any family guy fans out there. This is basically like the Ollie, the Ollie weather report, right? Like, how's the weather out there, Ollie? You know, it's raining. Thanks, Ollie. Well, how was, how was Walmart's quarter, Ollie? They sold more stuff. Thanks, Ollie. <laughs> Cause it is basically that simple. I mean, they sold more stuff. Uh, but when you dig into the numbers, I mean, I think it really does show you a business that is continuing to perform very well uh, in in what is obviously a very a very difficult economic climate. I mean, top line grew five point six percent. You know, I wouldn't say that was a knock it out of the park quarter compared to some of some of the other retail concepts out there. But when you look at at U.S. comps, U.S. comps up nine point three percent. That's on top of 10% a quarter ago. And if you remember that 10% that they chalked up a quarter ago, that marked their best quarter one comp in nine years. So, yeah, while, while retailers out there uh, are, are having a difficult time of it, Walmart seems to be coping very well. A lot of that, as you mentioned, has to do with their uh, investments in their e-commerce business. I mean, 97% on top of 74% uh, just a quarter ago. And, and that 70, 74% a quarter ago, if you compare that to a year ago, it was just 37%. So, this all just shows you that, that the investments they're making in this business are really working out for them right now um, in a difficult time. And I suspect that they'll come out of this uh, situation owning a little bit more market share than they did going into it. Doug McMillan, the CEO, um, talked about their supply chain, how it's improving, which is, you know, I, I think that's that's good news in general, whether you're a Walmart shareholder or not. You want to hear about the supply chain getting better. Um, they're not out of the woods. They're still doing everything they can to make sure that the groceries are stocked, um, uh, some of the sporting equipment as well. Uh, didn't really give us a whole lot on Walmart Plus, which is their membership service they are working on. I don't begrudge him that. I mean, if I were a Walmart shareholder, I wouldn't. I would want him to continue to keep his <laughs> cards close to the vest like he's doing. But um, it's going to be interesting to see um, what form and shape that takes, how they roll that out. Um, but um, if they get that right, that's, you know, that's one more um, lever they can pull. 
Yeah, no question about it. I mean, in, in regard to supply chain, I'm glad you brought that up because that's something they certainly pointed out last quarter. Um, I mean, calling calling their supply chain amongst the most capable in the world. But even in this environment, they've stretched it. If you look at inventory levels this past quarter, um, total U.S. Inventory levels were actually down 4.6%, which is just you know, that's it's something to note because while the supply chain volatility is starting to settle down, I mean over the quarter and over the over the first half of the year, they've seen some shortages uh, in, in certain things in some stuff, right? That they're selling an awful lot of stuff, um, but but they are managing that supply chain uh, really really well and and. Certainly, a theme of the call earlier today was membership. I mean, that word "member" or "membership" was mentioned an awful lot on that call. And and yeah, I mean, they're playing their cards close to the close to the vest right now on what that uh, potential uh, membership model looks like for Walmart Plus. I mean, keep a little mystery out there, right? I mean, anytime you anytime you throw a plus on the end of the name, I mean, as we're seeing, Disney really pulled that off pretty well. So, you know, hey, listen, this Walmart Plus, let's have a little mystery out there about what kind of value it'll bring. But, I mean, they've, they've got some blueprints to go by with businesses that have been very successful with these membership models. So, I suspect they're being... Um, Mysterious, right? They're playing those cards close to the vest for for a reason, right? I mean, I, I think that when they're ready, they'll announce it. I don't. I don't think they're going into this half-hearted. I think this is going to be a, a key strategy to the business going forward. So I suspect they really want to make sure they get it right. Uh, last thing before we move on, uh, you look at the stock. It's down a little bit today. It's you know it's up somewhere in the neighborhood of fifteen percent year to date. Um, it, it seems like not an overly expensive stock. No, but I mean, it, it never is really. I mean, when you look at something like a Walmart and, and you try to get an idea of expensive versus versus cheap, I mean, we're, we're living in this world now of businesses that make no money and trade for 30 to 40 times sales. And that's kind of become the new normal, which makes a Walmart trading at you know, 20 times earnings. Seem almost absurd, uh, but but you know you you own a stock like Walmart really more for the I, I think the slow and steady income growth there right I mean there are going to be some capital gains that come with this, with a stock like this but but clearly when you look at how the market values something like a Walmart versus an Amazon I mean you start to understand understand the discrepancies there and and so you know if you own a Walmart it's going to be for a little bit of a different reason than than uh, you know a lot of those a lot of those growth stocks that are out there today. The second quarter profits for Home Depot rose 25%. This was, in some ways, a surprisingly good quarter in terms of uh, both profit and revenue for Home Depot, although they did acknowledge, and this is kind of what we heard three months ago at a Home Depot, um, they talked about the costs. Um, their costs are going up for all of the right reasons, uh, whether it's uh, safety measures in their stores and warehouses uh, or uh, employee pay. Yeah, well, you know, I think that when you look at both Walmart and Home Depot, the one one constant that you took away from reading through those releases and the calls um, is is the priority on on their associates first and foremost. I mean, obviously, you're looking out for all stakeholders and 
The business doesn't really exist if you don't have customers, but it definitely doesn't exist if you don't have associates to help you run that business. And so much like uh, Walmart, Home Depot, big focus on making sure that they're taking care of their own, investing in the stores, investing in safety, investing in their associates. Um, I, I mean, understanding that they already have just such a phenomenal competitive position, they know they can afford to do that. They know that the market is going to accept that, right? I mean, it's it's a reasonable thing to be doing. Uh, you know, we talk about through this through this entire pandemic, the opportunity for a lot of these strong businesses to to come out of this situation even stronger. I mean, I present to you Exhibit A at Home Depot because this was a really I mean impressive quarter. I mean, sales closing in on forty billion dollars up. 23.4% comp sales up 23.4%, U.S. comps up 25%, uh, earnings for the second quarter up 20, 20, close to 27%. Uh, they just are doing so many things right, and they are benefiting from uh, the situation. I mean, you know, it's it just no other way to put it, right? I mean, when you have everything shut down and people have a little time on their hands, they, they start they start doing stuff like home renovations and repairs and whatnot. You focus on those projects that you didn't have time uh, for before. And, and Home Depot is, is, you know, one of the leaders in the space when it comes to this, with with both a very strong do-it-yourself uh, presence and, and the pro the pro uh, side of the business as well. So they're helping out homeowners like us, and they're helping out contractors that are able to get back to work. And um, you put those things together: transactions, tickets, both up double digits in the quarter. Uh, this is just a business that's really doing a lot of things right. Well, and if you look at the stock today, I mean, anyone who hears what you're saying about Home Depot's quarter, how impressive it was, you look at the stock trading down a little bit today, you may look at that and say, well, wait a minute, what, you know, what's going on here? Um, Craig McNear, the, the CEO, I, made some comments that I think were smart of him to make, and I think um, he's doing what a lot of CEOs are doing, which is to essentially say, hey, don't read too much into this. Like, you you read between the lines of what McNear said, and my takeaway is, yeah, there's still a tremendous amount of uncertainty, whether it's supply chain issues, whether it's just, you know, what is uh, happening with a vaccine, um, you know, in terms of what is happening with testing. Like, there are so many X factors, some of which are brand new. Um, You know, supply chain issues aren't new. Global pandemic, yeah, that's a new wrinkle that all CEOs have to deal with. So I think I think McNear is smart to just say, "Yep, this is a great quarter. Let's not try to, uh, you know." And, and he's pointing at the Wall Street analyst, just saying, "Let's not extrapolate this for the next, uh, you know, two quarters." Yeah, I, I mean, it, it, there's there's a level of humility that's coming in with a lot of these a lot of these uh, CEOs, a lot of these leadership teams this quarter, where you know the, the business is are fundamentally strong going into in, into something like this. They're able to cope with with the given situation um, and, and, and uh, you know do okay in, in what is a difficult time. And, and they certainly understand that. Hey, it, it, there's still a lot of uncertainty out there. We don't know how sustainable this is. I mean, certainly, it seems very reasonable to assume that the cost of doing business for a lot of these companies is going to go up permanently going forward. I mean, there are going to be new safety measures, new policies and procedures put into place for the way these retail concepts operate. Uh, they're going to have to make more investments, obviously, in omni-channel and uh, fulfillment. 
And, and so that's something that will play out on those expenses uh, over the coming, really not just quarters, but the coming years. And, and you gotta, you got to figure that over the course of, of that time, they're going to witness some, some headwinds in consumer behavior and whatnot. So it, it, things look good today, given, given what we know. It, it also seems uh, like we probably run into a situation here a few quarters down the road where they maybe don't look so great. Um, but it, yeah, I think that still the way we invest here at the Fool, you know, we're talking about a three to five year time horizon, if not longer. The longer you own companies like this, the more sense it makes, right? These investments that they're making today are the right ones, even if they play off, even if they play out on, on the bottom line in the near term. In the longer term, it's it's really going to just. I, I, I think it's just going to help them strengthen their competitive positions, and, and that's a good thing for investors, of course. And I don't know about you, but I've been to Home Depot a few times over the last couple of months, and it doesn't matter whether I'm going during the day, at night, weekend, weekday, it doesn't matter. The parking lot's always full. Oh, man. Like, it's it's like, just always full. It's like a Costco or an airport, or it's like a Costco at an airport hooked up. I mean, it, it is just never not busy. And, and that's, I'm with you. I mean, I've gone to Home Depot a number of times uh, since this, since this <laughs> pandemic started, and uh, it, it is never not busy. And, and I just think, you know what? I, I get it. I mean, I do get it. It's, it's a great situation to be in. I mean, whether you're a homeowner or a renter, you've got stuff you've got to get done. And, uh, you know, these are the times where people start to get a little bit of an itch to become a little bit more creative, learn something new. And that really plays into favor for companies like uh, Home Depot. I bet the airlines and anyone who owns an airline stock wishes that the airports were as busy as Home Depot. <laughs> Man, you want to talk about it. Yeah, well, you want to talk about a juxtaposition. I mean, when I, when I flew down to uh, Atlanta, I guess it was about a month ago now, I mean, that, that was... That was a different situation, man. I went into Dulles Airport. I have never seen Dulles Airport um, look more like a ghost town. I mean, everything closed, you know, not very many people. I mean, obviously, we understand why that's the case, but uh, yeah, two very different scenes. Let's move on to advanced auto parts. Uh, second quarter profits and revenue came in higher than expected, and uh, same. Sp- Another great comp number, Jason. Same store sales <laughs> yeah. for Advanced Auto Parts up seven and a half percent. Yeah, yeah, and you know we we were talking about Advanced, I think, towards the end of last year, and um, you know th- th- this stock. I mean, the business and the stock itself. It's been sort of this long drawn out decline going into the bear market back in March. Uh, stock really got hammered for for that short period, and, and since then, it's it's essentially doubled. So it's it's recovered more or less all of what it's lost. Um, but I, I think the business is still more or less where it was going into the end of last year. I mean, it's just a very mediocre situation. Flat sales, flat comps, no real catalyst. Um, fast forward to today, there was a catalyst, and management certainly called that out. They said on the call without question, they benefited from a surge in the, in the industry demand fueled by government stimulus, unemployment benefits, the impact that COVID had on consumer behavior. So this was a quarter that uh, you know there were tailwinds for for this business, uh, much like you know Home Depot. I mean, folks getting out there and uh, doing what they need to do to their car, trying to extend the life of that, maybe learning a little something new. So it worked out well for them. But I think the big question that remains. Um, is is this type of performance sustainable? And and I'm a little bit less uh, glass half full when it, when it comes to that. Do you think it tells us anything about um, the automotive market? Um, because 
and maybe this is a misread on my part, but anytime I see you know good numbers, whether it's AutoZone, Advanced Auto Parts, O'Reilly's, that sort of thing, one of my first thoughts is um, ah, this probably isn't going to be good for car sales. You know, for for new car sales. Yeah. Uh, if people are just looking to you know to get more out of more years out of the vehicles that they have. And there's less wear and tear on them because, in general, people have been driving a lot less over the last six months. I wonder if if it bodes ill. Um, I I think it could in the near term. Now, I, I will say I, I like in I like in what's going on in automobiles right now. It, it's a nice little microcosm of this greater um, rollout. To 5G and in in yeah I mean I know 5G is is mostly phones and whatnot but ultimately what 5G is doing it's connecting everything right I mean it's you're talking about the Internet of Things and connecting all of these devices whether it's phones watches cars cities buildings um, and, and so automakers around the world are really investing a lot in in you know bringing these automobiles to the next level from a tech perspective and so um, what we what we've seen over the past several years in regard to phones for example is uh, shipments for for smartphones really globally speaking have been flat, you know, to actually declining as as you know, four four G is more or less uh, become become the standard. Everybody's got it now. We know five G is coming out, so people are kind of holding off and they're going to wait and they're going to start buying new phones when the tech gets better. Um, I, I think that in time it'll probably take a little bit longer, but but not much longer. I think that we will see these cars really up their game from a tech perspective, and that will help. I think those new car sales. Uh, but by the, by the same token, you're right. I mean, cars last longer today than ever before, and we have a lot of ways that we can get out there and take care of them. And when I say a lot of ways, I mean, we're talking about advanced auto here. They deal with some very competitive companies in the space. I mean, you're talking about Advance versus AutoZone versus O'Reilly. And if you look over the last five years, these three companies side by side by side, I mean, Advance is just the clear laggard. O'Reilly shares up 84%, AutoZone up 64%. Advance, I think, is with today's today's pop, maybe breaking about even over that, over that stretch. So, it's a difficult time for Advance in this market. And I feel like as tech gets better, if that plays out well for new cars, that's I think going to play out probably a little bit uh, you know worse for a company like Advance that's really already in third place, uh, you know as far as as far as its uh, competitive landscape. Jason Moser, appreciate you being here. Thanks. Hey, always happy to do it. Thank you. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and the Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's going to do it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show is mixed by Dan Boyd. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow.